Hello and welcome back to the CareerCast. Today's episode, I sit down with Rebecca Gray. Rebecca Gray is part of Capstorm, and she's also one of the leaders of the St. Louis User Group. Rebecca has been in the Salesforce ecosystem for a little under a decade. Uh, She's had a blog called Trailhead Baby. Uh, She's a career changer, previously a landlord. Uh, She did a lot of learning on Trailhead when she initially got into Salesforce. So great episode I have for you today. Um, A lot of good information. So I hope you guys enjoy. Can we start with how you got introduced to Salesforce? I think a lot of people get introduced this way. They kind of hear about it through some random encounter. I don't think I've met one person that was like, yeah, I've known about Salesforce since I've been opened a computer or something like that. Um, so how, how'd you get your start in Salesforce? Absolutely. So I started from a completely non-Salesforce background, not even IT. So I was a landlord running apartment complexes, usually 100, 200, 300 units. The person you call, you know, when your toilet's clogged, did that for around eight years. And then I got pregnant. So my husband and I were about to have a baby and I realized apartments aren't very flexible around working from home. You need to be there. You have to be there for the people. And I had the opportunity to join Catstorm, which at the time was a relatively, I won't say new startup, it had been around for about five years, but I had the opportunity to come on board and not only dive into a different career change, but also work from home, which was massive, being that being a mom was my number one priority now to career. So join the company, I spent three weeks on Trailhead before I officially started because I needed to learn the lingo. Started learning about the terminology and really has just cascaded from there. Love the platform, love being the admin, being able to make changes. Yeah, I'm kind of what drew me into Salesforce was being able to create stuff and uh, solve people's problems. I think maybe not what got me into it, but kept me involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely, at least from my experience, Salesforce was a risk in the sense that I had never heard of it before I was like in need of a career at that time in my life. So I was like, I trusted my mentor who had told me about Salesforce. And then once you get in there and you start fixing things and solving business problems, you're like, man, this is pretty cool. Um, So I can definitely relate to you on that. What was your experience like once you kind of got into the ecosystem, started doing trailhead um, where people genuinely helpful uh, for the most part? Well, I'll get to that in one second. I'm going to circle that. You know how you said it's about creating and helping people and really, in some ways, kind of building the company because Salesforce is your backbone. You're like controlling the foundation. Mm-hmm. I love that aspect about Salesforce, but I'll tell you what drives me is it gives you the ability to have flexible career so that you can both love your family and have that but also be a real growing part of an organization. So what drives me is I can make a difference at work, but I don't have to entirely sacrifice my family to be able to do that. Where in a lot of other career paths, if you want to grow up that corporate ladder, unfortunately, you have to miss the soccer games. You have to miss the parent-teacher conferences. With Salesforce as an ecosystem, 
you kind of get the best of both sides. But great. I jumped into my first user group meeting when I was eight months pregnant and waddling around. Um, so the company I worked for was actually founded by my parents. Small world. So it's why I got to jump career change with not having much experience. And they were presenting in a user group. So I was able to go to a user group, see the company I would be working for presenting. And that gave me my first taste for, wow, this is a community. See, my apartment world, there was community, there was camaraderie, you know, landlords talk about what's going on. You try to one-up each other with the craziest stories. It's like uh, a, when you're doing Salesforce and you're doing administrative work, you want to talk about your craziest user and, you know, they need that report 57 different ways. But what struck me was that these are people from different skill sets, different social economic backgrounds, different companies they worked for, at different ages, which were all coming together really to support each other and help each other grow. So you had the hiring managers, you had the fresh out of school, you had the career change, the midlife changes like myself. And everyone was genu genuinely friendly and everyone was happy to be there, which was to me astonishing that there was that big a group of people that wanted to be together, that wanted to help each other. And everything really just snowballed from there. So I love my company, but I really fell in love with the community, the group of people that really make Salesforce as an ecosystem unique compared to anything else. Is there anything that you did in the beginning that kind of helped you learn? Salesforce from a like a technology standpoint? Yeah. Trailhead, trailhead, trailhead. It's astonishing to me that you can jump crew fields, midlife, dive into something like the name. I mean, I had to call people to help me fix my printer. Like I was not an IT background person. But if you have the drive and you want to succeed at it, you have these amazing resources and you have a community of people that want to help you. So I used Focus on Force. I used some Salesforce then, which had excellent resources in Trailhead. And I actually liked, I liked Trailhead so much. I started doing the super badges. I'm gonna date myself here, uh, eight years ago. Started doing them right when they, you know, were kind of a growing thing. And I started writing this little blog called Trailhead Baby, where being a new mom, I was enamored with my newborn obviously the best baby in the world right because it's your baby so i started writing this blog about salesforce through the eyes of my newborn you know mom thinks i sleep at night what i really do is trailhead which is why i'm you know sleeping all day mm -hmm. but crying for snacks every three hours and i thought it was so fun because people started commenting they started commenting they started writing back on the blog and suddenly i had thirty thousand viewers a month a little bit more than I knew what to do with. But that is how I got into learning in the ecosystem. And even though my role has changed, my career has grown um, as a result of Salesforce, and I had a second kid, so time's limited now. Still spend time on Trailhead. Still find it engaging and learning, even almost eight years later. What were some challenges? Like, I know a lot of people are afraid to put themselves out there in the way that you have with your blog, right? Um, I think that's just a natural kind of emotion that people were going to have uh, a little anxiety about 
you know, putting stuff out there? Was that something that you kind of had to learn how to just accept and be like, you know, if somebody calls me out for something that may be wrong, like that's okay, I'll fix it. Thank you for bringing it up. You know, did you have problems with that kind of, I don't know, those thoughts when you first started? Well, yes, because I didn't know what I was doing, right? So how could I be leading others? But what I started doing is I was blogging about my failures. So I was writing about the hmm. things I failed at. I'm doing a super badge. I had this error, I had 15 different error messages on one step. What am I doing wrong? So I started writing about, if you see this, you might want to check that because I hit the problems. And yeah, of course I did stuff wrong. I put down bad things. I had to go back and correct and admit, yeah, you know, you're right. Like I'm new <laughs> to mess that up. But <laughs> in a lot of ways, if you don't attempt to do something, then you're obviously going to fail. Kind of like joining the community of sales If you want to be a part of the community and you want to change careers and you want to grow, well, you have to try. I mean, step one is walking into the meeting and saying, hi, I'm new. Someone be my friend. So where, where I feel like my role is, is I connect. I, I go to the group. I get to run a group now. I started doing that a couple years ago, well, five or six years ago. And I try to connect people because once you get connections and you start to feel comfortable, a little more comfortable, then you can really start growing. So did I feel like I was an imposter for a long time? Oh, yeah. Do I still feel a little bit like one? It worked. It was the sales force. And when people ask me, what should we do about this problem in our org? Of course. But at the same time, if you don't fall over, you never learn to walk. Yeah, two things that I really like what you said. One was the the way you framed your blog that was more, it wasn't preachy in the sense, this is how you do this. This is more so um, me sharing my experience. I messed up X, Y, and Z, and this is how I fixed it. So I think that's smart on if somebody is having kind of some struggles with anxiety on imposter syndrome, maybe frame it a little different. Um, be like, I ran into this issue and this is how I solved it versus this is how you do X, Y, and Z. Um, and the other thing I wanted to touch on is like when you said you walked in and you say, Hey, I, I'm here. I think that goes back to the Salesforce ecosystem and community, right? Like I think it's, at least for me, you don't expect it. So you assume that you're going to go there and someone's gonna be like, you don't even know what you're doing, but it's really like, people are like, Hey, I remember when I was doing that, like, here's what, you know, everyone's really close like that. And for no reason, like, it's not like, these people know each other, right? This is just like the 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 community that Salesforce has built, and I I don't know how they built it. I think it's just a um, it was a natural thing that occurred over time, right? The the trailhead, the community groups, Salesforce Saturdays, all that stuff. Um, tell me about you mentioned that you were a user group lead. Uh, can you tell kind of the listeners about that? What which one do you? It's lead? another another you know fall down before you walk and um, I was part of this group with Salesforce user group for about a year or so and I realized group leader was doing like she was running group at 80 plus people coming to it and this was pre-COVID of course so in person was the way we ran things and I went up to her one day and said would you like some help and I didn't ask to be a group leader I just said can I help you and she said, yeah, I was this upcoming meeting. 
So I said, I'll take care of it. So I just kind of dove in. I, I can't even remember what it was about, frankly. It was so long ago, but you know, found a spot, coordinating with the sponsor, made sure we had food. And I emailed her and said, okay, this is done. This is done. This is done. I'll be there half an hour early. Well, did I go in wanting to be a bruiser group leader? Well, yeah, I wanted to be a leader, but I was able to become one because I just stepped out and did it. And I think there's a lot of things like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same reason I became the admin for our sales force. I wasn't hired for that. I was hired to do more of a sales position. And I've been, I transitioned into more of a customer success position where I'm more supporting versus going out and finding new business. But I became our admin because I said, I can do that. I'm willing to give it a try. I won't do it perfectly, but I know how to do that. And there's not many people that want to step up and say, I can do that because we're, you know, we're faced with fears and we get in a rut, you know, you're doing certain things, you're comfortable with certain things. But my advice to anyone who wants to really get into Salesforce, who wants a career change, is to look at your skill sets and say, I can do that. And if, if you run into a position where you don't know what you're doing, try to figure it out, Google it, play with it, don't just give up. But ask other people and say, I don't know what I'm doing. Someone help me. Ask your, ask your peers at Salesforce. Don't tell your boss that. Go ask your peers. If you're, if you're at home and you're thinking, should I try a group? Find one. And find one that meets in person. Which I know virtual is big. That I, I, I like virtual. But nothing, can re nothing really replaces that. Hey, I'm Rebecca. Nice to meet you. And that face-to-face, -face, that's how people... And our group got new careers. I saw a Salesforce team grow from a team of like three to a team of 15. And all those hires came from the user group. So you can change your career and you can change your trajectory. But sometimes it just requires a little bit of bravery to step out and say, I'll give it a shot. And if you fail, well, you know, we learn, we grow, we help, keep going. Well, to your point, getting a job offer may happen at a user meetup like it could happen you could go there and if you have experience with this you can please share but you can go there and someone will be like hey i'm looking for x y and z and you might fit the mold and like jump the line like that's just how some it works sometimes would you agree with that well when you're looking to hire someone you might get 300 emails to your inbox about people and you're not going to remember any of them because you're going to give those resumes maybe three seconds. And you might save one or two where they have an interesting thing. But the person you're going to remember is the person you met somewhere. In the user group, something we'll do is I'll say, is anybody hiring? Because they're usually someone hiring. Now, I'll kind of, you know, talk to people beforehand to make sure if someone actually is. And I'll say, will you stand up and look up, look, tell me what you're looking to do? Like our last group, I have a lady named Mary. Amazing. She's been in our group forever. Way longer than me, even. She's probably like one of the founding members. And she stood up and said, I'm looking to replace myself. I want to retire. For me to retire, we have to have a new person doing my role. Here's what I'm looking for. Come talk to me if you're interested. The person that goes and talks to Mary, she's going to remember. And it's going to be way different than one of the stacks of resumes that have been filtered by HR that make it to her desk. So even if the person at group 
doesn't have the exact same qualifications, but she's met them, and she knows they have the soft skills to stand up in front of someone and say, I am looking for a job. Here's my background. Here's what I know. Here's what I don't know. What kind of skills do you need for that position? That person's going to stand out way more than anybody else. That's a good, that is a good career tip it's right there. It's too easy to hide behind um, your computer. I mean, I do it, right? It's so easy to, <laughs> pick, 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 pick. Yeah. it's a lot harder to pick up the phone. But if you don't pick up the phone, no one will know who you are. Is there anything that you brought over from, well, I would, I'm going to assume that you have, because that's just, you bring skills that you acquire over time. But is there anything that sticks out that you brought over from being a landlord or in the real estate kind of space that you've, you're surprised that you actually used um, in the Salesforce arena? Not the same. You talk to people. You genuinely care. If you genuinely care about people, it will show through. If you don't care, it's pretty obvious. So even if, regardless of what your role is, if you're like, say you're working in sales today and you want to get into IT sales, or you want to become an admin and want to transition that, sure you care about the people you work with, your stakeholders, your customers, it'll show through. Um, my second one, which I joke about a lot uh, with my team, is when you're having something that's not going right. Because things don't go right, right? I mean, it, and it's usually Friday afternoon when something breaks and everyone's trying to leave and there's a panic. I usually tell, say, take a deep breath. Is anyone dead? Which is morbid, right? But did anyone die? And they'll laugh and say no. And I'll say, okay, then we don't need to panic because no one is dead. Now let's take a deep breath. And you think of the problem like a ball, right? I'm not trying to shove it into you. And you're not trying to shove it in me. We're trying to hold it and we'll figure out how to handle it. When you think about a problem like that, we're not panicking, we're looking at it, we know it's solvable, then we get to a good solution. And uh, that's one thing I love about Salesforce. I've never had anybody have that big of a crisis. In property management, people do die, but they do not die in the software world quite as often. Sorry, Frank, a little morbid for our, for our talk today. We don't, yeah, I don't know how, we would, uh, how you would handle that. Uh, issue with Salesforce either. It'd be like, someone's got to pick up the work. We'll I talk guess. about that offline. Um, I can tell you all about how to handle that, but we probably <laughs> do not want to talk about that while we are live. <laughs> um, you mentioned that you have children. Um, what are some, do you have any stories that you would be willing to share? Like, I think it helps people here. Like if someone had says you can work remote and spend like what you had said earlier in the episode, and people may take that with a grain of salt because they, maybe they've heard it a thousand times, but is there an example that you would like to share? Like, um, I know for me, appointments are a big thing and being able to, the flexibility or picking up my kid from school is a non-issue. It's like something I don't have to think about. It's like, yeah, I can run and get my kid real quick. Do you have any stories like that that would maybe uh, convince somebody that it's worth working remote or in tech? This is amazing. Here's why I do it. I'll tell you my crazy wild schedule. I get up at 4.30 every morning. I spend some time, I'm a, I'm a believer, so I'm a Christ follower. So I spend some time in prayer, meditation, reading my Bible. And then I work from 5 a.m. to about 6. Get the, I work with customers around the globe. So that's Europe, right? Europe's nice to knock out. I'll usually do a call at 5 a couple times a week. Sit on the back porch, drink lots of coffee, talk to people. And then I take my kids to school. I get them up, get them ready, take them to school. Then I work. 
and I work until I can pick them up from school. After school, I can be mom. I can play with them. I can talk with them. And once I put them to bed later in the evening, I can catch up on things I need to do. That is an incredibly non-traditional schedule to be able to do some things in the morning, do some things in the evening. And I know not every person, not every company can do that. And I do pick up my phone in the afternoon if I'm needed. But the ability to be able to be a parent who's present, who helps with homework, who picks them up, and it's just to me invaluable. Like, don't tell my boss this, but I take a pretty big pay cut to be able to do that. So hopefully he won't listen to me. <laughs> but it's not easy. You have to be disciplined to work from home or to work remote. I go in the office. You, I go in the office between drop off and pick up most days, mostly to get away from my growing pile of laundry that I, you know, it, it's not in the office. It's very easy to ignore. But it's not easy to get up early, and it's not easy to stay up late. Like this is these are hard things because I I have to decide to do it. No one really knows if I'm online in the morning, but I know. So it takes a lot of self-discipline and a lot of drive to be able to do that and make those decisions. And, but it also has to take a willingness to be interruptible. Like if you have, if you're at home, you have a sick kid and the kid comes on your call, well, you know, this is how it is. To be able to unashamedly own it. Yep, I'm mom, here's my sick kid, but we can keep going. Because we're going to keep on talking. I'm just going to give them a tablet and they'll be fine for a minute. So discipline, drive, the decision to really do it. If you can own those things, then you can work remote, you can work hybrid, and you can succeed. If you don't have that, you're going to fail. Because you're going to see the laundry. You're going to see <laughs> the laundry and you're going to say, oh, I can sleep in. Or you're going to say, well, you know, I'll get back to them tomorrow. You've got to really want it. And if you really want it, you can do it. We spoke earlier and you had said something that really stuck with me. It was, um, you know, my kids don't even think that I have a job because I'm able to structure my work schedule around their schedule. So when they're at the house, I'm there with them, which I think is, you know, priceless. And it's funny you mentioned taking a pay cut. I was thinking about this, you know, end of year's coming up. So everyone's probably thinking about end of year bonuses. And I really thought, I was like, I don't want any more money. I want more like, PTO days off or something like my priorities used to be. And, you know, that ties into Salesforce and kind of general, like the amount of money that you can make. Um, you can actually, you know, start chipping away at the debt or at least get comfortable to the point where, um, you know, for me, I'm lucky enough to, you know, my uh, wife is uh, stay at home, right? So we're able to live off of, you know, a single income and she's with the kids and all that stuff. It's like, uh, I think the first thing people go to sometimes, especially with Salesforce is like, you can make six figures and it's like, okay, maybe at face value, that's, that sounds cool. But what else, what else do you got for me? And I think Salesforce has a lot of those, what else do you have for me? You know, we had a user group panel that I, I'm, I'm moderating, but we, the focus was how do I recession proof my Salesforce career? How do I take the career I have today? How do I show the value I'm bringing to my company? Because that's big. If you're an administrator, sometimes it's hard to show what are you doing? Like, how are you actually adding value? How, what can I do to learn? What can I do to grow? And there were some very common threats. And we had, I mean, we had leaders from big companies. I had a 
product man owner from the Veritas Bergen, product owner from Worldwide Technology. We have a gentleman who runs, uh, let's see, proficient Salesforce consulting practice. I mean, these are heavy hitters. They are not new. They've been doing this a long time. And they all have very common threads, and it was about being involved in community, being willing to tackle projects, even if they seem a little daunting and you feel like you can't do it, but be willing to step up the plate and do those things, and to continue expanding your skills. So if you know sales and you know service cloud, or you know sales and service cloud, right, and your company is thinking about doing communities, well, go learn it. Go learn it, be willing to tackle those projects because that's how you grow. And uh, I would say, friends, those people that run big sales boards and works feel just as much of an imposter as you and I do. They just, they have learned to hide, you know, hide it, this is all. They've learned to step up to the plate and say, I'll do this. And that's what gets them promoted. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to turn it over to the guest and let them plug anything that they have going on or coming out. Um, so I'll turn it over to you. Is there anything that you have, maybe a user group, or maybe you're having a, another meetup or what's going on in Rebecca's world as far as Salesforce is concerned? We have a user group coming up in, if you're wanting to tune in virtually, we have Steve Moe coming to talk to our group in December. That should be fun. We have a big we around a petition and we all find it. And I send him pictures saying, please come to my group. So he's going to come virtually in December and he might come in person in the spring if you're in the St. Louis metro area. But from community, we're always doing something. And personally, I'm going to go downstairs and make dinner because that's coming up in, in about 40 minutes and I know they're, they're really hungry if they're not fed. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, thank you for your time. I, I enjoyed speaking with you. I think your journey, especially in Salesforce and kind of in general being a career changer is is what this show's about, right? You know, I bring on guests that I feel can help the overall whole. You know, we're we're all trying to do this together as much as you feel like you're in your little silo or you're running your own race. You know, there's a lot of people um, going through similar stuff and, I, you know, we're just trying to help each other out. So I appreciate your time, Rebecca. Thanks, Craig. Thank you, anybody who might be watching this. If you need help, give me a call. Or get Frank a call because we're part of this community and we want to help you. <laughs>